Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, and this is our final episode in our series of encore presentations of our favorite and most popular podcast episodes. For the month of June, we took the month off to settle into our new home down near our daughter's new school and to take a little personal holiday up in Canada. So this week, we are talking about nonverbal erotic communication, how to talk about what you want and how to get more of what you want, even if you find it hard to talk about sex. This episode has strategies that I heard back from so many people that when they started implementing these strategies, it was a total game changer for them. And they found ways to finally ask for what they want, communicate their desires, and open up new lines of erotic communication beyond the standard, let's talk about sex model. How do we go beyond that, especially for people who find talking about sex difficult, as so many people do? The best way to be in touch with us and to support the work we are doing on this show is to support us at patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics where you can sign up for a monthly pledge a dollar a month five dollars a month at twenty five dollars a month we are sending you pleasure packages and Within the Patreon community, you can be in touch with us and we can respond to you much more quickly than an email. Um, I get tons of emails from listeners of the show and I can't always respond to all of them, but show your support for the show through Patreon and we can be in direct communication on the Patreon platform. You'll also get bonus episodes, free gifts, bonus resources, and other ways of us showing our endless gratitude for you in supporting the show. It's how we keep doing what we're doing. It takes several days a week of work for us to produce the show. We do it all independently, and we need your support to keep going. So come over to patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics and show us some love with an ongoing monthly support of as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate it. Here is our episode about erotic communication. Hi, welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we offer expert advice so you can have a fantastic sex life. You can find a complete podcast archive at pleasuremechanics.com where you will also find our premium online courses ready for you whenever you're ready to jumpstart your sex life, level up your erotic skills, try something new in the bedroom. Come on over to pleasuremechanics.com, check out our courses, and use the code SPEAKINGOFSEX for 20% off the course of your choice. On this episode, we are going to be talking about different ways of communicating your desires, your longings, your wishes, basically how to talk to your lover about sex without talking. Mm. Because we often get emails from people who want to talk more freely about sex. We often give the advice to go on a walk or a drive and start conversations about sex because talking freely about sex as if it were any other pleasurable hobby is one of the first ways to really move your sex life in a more positive, authentic direction. If you can name what you want, you're much more likely to get it. But 
not everyone finds it as easy to talk about sex as they talk about football or bird watching or woodworking. Right. Not everyone finds it as easy to talk about sex casually like you would a hobby. And we recommend talking about sex outside of the bedroom often. And that was one of the pieces of being in a, in a, in a relaxed, quiet place where you can really just talk privately, but Well, we often recommend walks or driving because I think for candid, vulnerable conversations, sometimes it's easier if you're not sitting across from one another in a restaurant or just on the couch staring at each other. There's something about the directionality of your gaze, like you don't have to have eye contact, so you can be a little bit more honest when you're driving or walking together. Um, It's an intimate setting without that intensity of having to lock eyes and bare your erotic soul. So that's why we often recommend that. And yeah, as you said, talking outside of the bedroom so you're not in the heat of the moment where you finally blurt out, suck my toes, big boy. (laughs) As one might. You love my example bank, admit it. (laughs) But if when you're on a walk, you can start talking about, I heard a podcast about foot fetishes, and it'd be really interesting to me if you sucked on my toes. What would you think about that? That could be an easier in. But for some people, even if they talk easily about sex, maybe they don't find that as romantic as they want, or they can't be as candid as they want, or they just prefer other modalities of communication. So we got an email and a post in our community that made me really think about this topic. So we're going to get started by reading some of those posts and then dive into ways of communicating about sex and sharing your desires in some subtle and romantic ways. Hmm. All right. So why don't you get us started? Read the email that came in from Anonymous. Okay. Hi, Pleasure Mechanics. I was hearing your podcast, The Importance of Erotic Gratitude, and I'm here to say thank you very much for all your lovely work. I have learned a lot with your podcasts and sight, and I'm using your tricks and ideas as inspiration for my sexual life, including in some dirty tales that I create to better express my fantasies with my boyfriend, guiding him to do the same with me. In some finales of my dirty tales, I write multiple choice questions and enthusiastically wait for his choice in order to continue the suspended tale. And now I have an expanded range of possibilities to explore. I love the way you talk about sex. I feel the same way about it. I really enjoy feeling all the sensations that my body gives to me. For me, sex is an intense emotional link between me and my lover. So I adore listening to you talk about sex as much more than a physical relief because it sounds extremely sweet and familiar to me and it is gorgeous to see sex treated in this respectful and charming way. Bye and thank you again. Hmm. Thank you, that's such a lovely email. You're gorgeous. (laughs) I'm glad you're exploring and having so much fun. And in a few days after we got that email, someone posted on our membership community And this is just a very small excerpt of the rest of her post, which was about how she left the Mormon church and came out as a sexual being and started exploring her sexuality. And she threw these quotes in as if they were super casual, and they really stood out for me. So we wanted to share them with you. So Charlotte's going to read just two quick snippets of this post. I wrote to my husband in my lover's journal, which was gradually becoming less of teenage sentimentality and more of a sex diary. 
on 11.7.14 to please keep on reassuring me that even if I become some kind of wild, ecstatic animal in bed, I will still forever and always be your gentle lady. She goes on to say... By November 2015, I wrote in the lover's journal that I don't want to make you into a dom. I want you to be able to still be the gentle knight in the bedroom. So she threw these in there with just this in my lover's journal, as if everyone has a lover's journal. And I thought this was a lovely idea. And between these two posts, I want to highlight something that they have in common, which is using writing and a kind of secret diary or secret journal as a place to write to one another and use language to express your desires and have a really in-depth communication about sex in these playful ways. So in the first example, the woman was basically writing her own erotica, which is fabulous. I think that's a beautiful exercise for anyone who enjoys writing to explore their fantasies, explore their erotic imagination, because in erotica, anything goes. You can do sci-fi erotica or fantasy erotica or really rough sex erotica and explore what turns you on as you write it. I myself have done this practice and you can find some of my erotica at pleasuremechanics.com. Um, I love the multiple choice factor. Well, that's where I was getting. I think that's brilliant. Say more. Well, it's just such a lovely, lovely, brilliant idea to be creating an erotica with your partner, asking which one of these scenarios would you prefer? Like, which turns you on more? What a wonderful conversation to be in. Right. You come home from work and you find me naked on the bed. Do you, A, dive between my thighs and give me oral sex for hours? B, flip me over and spank me and tell me I should have had the dishes done? Or C, get naked, offer yourself to me in total submission. So you lay out a few options and see which one they choose. And then that's a place you can further explore. And you might explore more in conversation or, as she said, by continuing the suspended dirty tale and writing the next chapter for one another. And at some point you might say, are you ready to act out this scenario? Circle yes or no. Do you have any questions before we do this on Friday night? Yes or no? And you can use that book, your Dirty Tales library, as a source of endless imagination and also just a way of flirting and keeping erotic energy alive between you when you might not have the time or sex, time or sex, the time or space to actively be having sex, but you do have time to write a dirty tale before bedtime and slip it under his pillow and see how he replies. And that anticipation keeps a certain eroticism alive between you. In the second example, it sounds more like this lover's journal, which she didn't even explain. She was just like, hey, don't we all have lover's journals? Um, was more of a diary that evolved from kind of a teenage confessional into a diary that she allowed her lover to read, where she explored her evolving sexuality and desires. But what I really liked about this is she got crystal clear about what she was asking for. She was asking for permission to go a little bit more wild in bed and asking for his reassurance that she'd still be respected essentially. And then later she asked for, you know, I want rough sex. I want more domination, but I still want you to feel like the gentle knight. You don't have to be brutal. And so she got really crystal clear about her desires and used precision of language to do that in a way. Maybe she couldn't, if she was talking face to face. 
And I think that's what I really want to highlight here is using the written word to get more clear, more authentic and more honest with your erotic desires if this is a mode of communication that works for you. Not everyone feels free with written words, but if you do, really use it as an erotic asset. Just make sure to use language that's really authentic to you. You can use language that's raunchy or really romantic or anything in between or both. Feel free to explore different voices within your writing. I also think it's important if you write erotica to be clear about the line between fantasy and desire, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Fantasy is the realm where anything's possible. It's your erotic imagination, whereas desire is what you really want to happen in your own life. And I'm reminded of this because when I started writing more erotica back a couple years ago, I was exploring if that's something I really wanted to do more of with my time. And the answer was no. But as practice, I wrote a lot of erotica short stories. And when I gave them to Charlotte to read, I had to be clear that this is something from my erotic imagination, but it's not necessarily a request or something I'm wanting to make happen. And in order for me to feel free writing, I had to make sure she knew that, that I'm writing this, but it's not something I'm like actively longing for. And that created the space between us where she could write it and be like, yeah, that was really hot and sexy without worrying that I'm really wanting to go to a bondage scene with my coworker on the 10th floor of a skyscraper or whatever. And you can use it to really express what you're really longing for. So being clear about that is important for yourself and in your communication with your lover. Yeah, and maybe you could use different colored pens or a different book altogether. You have your fantasies book and your desires book. You can create a system that works for you, but I think what I really want to say is using writing to explore your erotic imagination, things might come up that are exciting to you and sexy to you that aren't necessarily something you want to do that Friday night with your partner. And making sure you have that space for that creative freedom is really important. Just like we go to vampire movies and get turned on by the excitement and the thrill of it doesn't mean we really want to suck each other's blood. So these examples are using the written language as an erotic tool. Between Charlotte and I, I'm much more of a writer. I love language. Charlotte is much more visual and loves images and colors. And so things would work differently for the two of us and perhaps for you. If you're more of a visual thinker, you can also use an online blog, like an anonymous Tumblr or blog, to use visual images you've collected from around the internet to share desires with your partners. Somebody who's done this really intensely and uh, successfully is a woman called Elle Chase. And she started a Tumblr to share sexy images from the web with her lover as she was beginning to explore what turned her on in the world. She was having a sexual reawakening and she's gone on and that has become an incredibly successful, huge career. <laughs> yeah. But um, and Chris interviewed her in episode number 52. But this idea of sharing sexy images with your lover as a way of having an erotic conversation in a way, but through images, um, is is a really lovely idea for some people. And you don't have to feel like you have to start a whole Tumblr if you want. You could go check out her her Tumblr and then share particular posts with your lover of like, oh, this, this seems sexy to me, or what I like about this one is the way X, Y, and Z is happening. Um, just... Finding ways to share your turn-ons or what 
gets you feeling a charge or excitement is just a way of expanding your erotic conversation between between each other between times that you're actually making love or getting getting sexually connected and i think an important step here is to create a separate email account so if you're sending your partner explicit images or links to blog posts things they say are nsfw not safe for work it's not going to pop up when your husband's in a meeting or you're on your commute or talking to a friend by creating a private space you give one another permission to kind of go all out and not worry about when these images are going to pop up on their phone. So either creating a mutual login to a Tumblr you share together or creating private email addresses where you can feel free to be as explicit and sexy as you want creates a channel for your communication that is safe for both of you to really express yourselves. Or there are um, sexting apps that you can uh, share and explore we did a whole podcast on sexting at some point and the apps are always changing. So that's something you could Google, uh, find out what's current with whatever devices you have. But having a private online space that's just for the two of you that no one else can open up by accident while they're playing with your phone. Yes, very important. <laughs> um, could be a valuable resource. Another option as a couple, if you're not ready to write your own erotica to each other is to read erotica to each other and possibly highlight the parts that you find erotic or are turned on by. So lying in bed together and reading erotica to one another can be a romantic or sexy event that is fueling your erotic charge together but doesn't require you to generate your own erotic literature. That might be an easier way to begin for some couples. You can also share a copy and pass it back and forth while making notes in the margins and highlighting passages. And another great tool is audiobooks of erotica. Audible.com has tons of great erotic anthologies, and you can get a book for free by going to audibletrial.com pleasure. That's audibletrial.com pleasure. You'll get a free 30-day membership, which includes a free audiobook of your choice that you get to keep, whether or not you cancel your membership and never pay a dime. And choose one of the anthologies, because what I love about erotic anthologies is you get all these different bite-sized pieces, so you're not locked into any one author's style or any one genre. You get a real smorgasbord <laughs> of erotic possibilities. And by listening to audio together, and I think we should actually do a whole podcast on this, what I love about that is it kind of preloads erotic language into your brain. And so if you want to talk dirty in bed more f freely or use more language and be more comfortable talking about sex, listening to audible erotica is a great way to start that process because it gets the language in your brain and you hear someone else say it confidently and it really jumpstarts that process. Um, Rose Carraway does a whole wonderful series of erotic anthologies on Audible. She has a sexy, sexy voice. And the other great thing about listening to erotica or reading it together is you'll also have a few great laughs. Because as surely as there's something that's going to turn you on, there's something that's going to make you laugh out loud. And one of the best things for your sex life is being able to laugh in bed together without shame, without fear, without it being something about one another, but just sharing the humor of sexuality together. So read erotica. And even if you get to one of those stories that is such a big turnoff for you, read it anyway and laugh about it and make sure to have a space of non-judgment and freedom 
and you're just in this because it's fun and silly and creative. And so all of these are ways of bringing more creativity to your erotic communication. So to take the pressure off having to have the conversation like, what do you fantasize about, honey? Is there anything I can do for you in bed? That might just be a conversation stopper. Like a lot of people get to those conversations and just find themselves like, oh, I don't, I don't know what I desire. Like, I don't know what I fantasize about. I feel put on the spot. I feel tense. Instead, creating these avenues of communication where you can freely share and it's a low pressure environment and you can use whatever tools work best for you, whether that be writing or visual or listening. However, it flows best for you and within your relationship, start there. Because all of this is, it's building more vocabulary. It's discovering what you are turned on by. Sometimes we're just in our world and we know what we like kind of mostly, but but don't have a lot of new inspiration. Um, and these sorts of ideas can really allow for more erotic input in a way that feels comfortable and sexy to you. The traditional one is that people watch porn together or solo and then share. And we haven't really included that in this because... Well, the thing about porn is it's not very precise. And so you can get turned on, but you don't really know why. And sometimes you're turned on just because there's like a hard cock in the image and there's fucking, but it actually doesn't turn you on. And so you don't really want to like say, ooh, do that. I think it's a little bit foggier for people. What I love about these examples is that they all create a precision of language and a specificity that's so important. And the other thing to add here is if you are specifically wanting to explore a specific desire specifically, (laughs) such as spanking, say, you can get an entire erotic anthology about spanking because we've evolved at this point to a culture where we have erotic anthologies about all these different specific activities and fetishes and dynamics. And then within that anthology, you can dial in really clearly to what specifically turns you on. Is it a really rough and brutal spanking? Is it a more romantic, sensual spanking? Pick and choose different elements from different stories that together create a picture that you might want to try out with your lover. And I think that's the thing I love here is the specificity, whether that's through multiple choice questions Mm -hmm. in your lover's tales, whether that's through romantic language in your diary, whether that's through highlighting passages in erotica, dial in using language on exactly what you want to experience. So the idea is to be able to explore and discover more of what turns you on in a really safe, gentle way uh, that isn't risking a lot, um, but that you're continuing an erotic conversation with your lover and expanding how you communicate about sex so that you can expand your erotic imagination. And it's inevitable that some of these things that you're seeing or hearing will make their way into your bedroom and you'll just have a deeper vocabulary to play with together. It's part of treating sex like a hobby. And by that, I mean, if you were really into food, you subscribe to some food magazines and food blogs and you read cookbooks. And Charlotte and I are always tearing out recipes and leaving them for one another. And recently we made a sweet potato miso pie. And we both looked at this recipe. We're like, ooh, sweet potatoes and miso and pie. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> and we talked about it. And then we modified the recipes to fit our specific diets. And then we made it. And then we savored it together. And it was fantastic. And then we thought, how could we make this better? Let's replace the cream with coconut. And this is what you're doing. You're riffing off of inspiration. You're gathering inspiration from your environment, from people who have explored things before you. 
sharing them with one another, and then creating your own adventure together. And any hobby you would do this with, and doing it around sex is extremely important, and we hope we've given you a few ideas about how to start that process. Also, I think in these times where you really aren't having a lot of sex, or you don't feel like you know what you want, or you don't have time or space to have sex, this is a really good way of keeping that alive and remembering why something could feel sexy or, you know, like in that way that people often browse Facebook or Pinterest late at night. Like you could choose to do this instead and to keep something crackling with your partner, mm. even when your body isn't totally. Well, it builds momentum. Like when's the last time we made a pie? We don't have time to make pies, yeah. but we both got so interested in this specific pie that we made a pie. And as you were making the pie, you're like, we don't have time to make pies. But then it was so delicious. We were immediately like, when's the next time we can make a pie? And I think that was a perfect analogy. So if it's been a long time since you've made pie, but you're really craving pie, tear out a recipe for a new exciting pie and share it with your lover. Let us know how it goes. Come over to pleasuremechanics.com slash hello leave us a message and let us know what methods you use to communicate with your lover. We love hearing from you. We love hearing what's worked for you, what you're struggling with, what's exciting for you. We'll even just take a hello. How you doing? <laughs> what's up, Pleasure Mechanics? Come over to pleasuremechanics.com slash hello and leave us a message. We would love to hear your beautiful voice. All right. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. And pie. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's true. This is a Thanksgiving episode. That was so perfect with the pie. And people might listen to it in June. And one pie. Apple pie. All kinds of pie. Love ya. Hope this inspires you to continue expanding your erotic imagination. Mm-hmm.